Amen. <laughs> even Charlie's like, uh, uh. He, he ain't even been here very long. He's like, yeah, uh, uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, go to the uh, book of, uh, of 2 Timothy chapter 4, uh, and we're going to read um, starting with verse 1. And uh, I was on this verse of scripture for a couple of weeks. We were talking about being instant in season and out of season. But it's, uh, it's become super uh, apparent to me that we are living, uh, we are living in the, uh, man, we are, we are living in the middle of this scripture. Where we're, where we're at today uh, in the church is we are dwelling right in the midst of the fulfillment of these verses of scripture. So 2 Timothy chapter 4, starting with verse 1, he says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, <clears throat> who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. Notice, notice what he's, he's doing. He's, uh, remember, remember we talked about this? What is, what is Paul telling Timothy? Live ready. Live ready. Be eager to preach the word. Be ready. Uh, uh, how did it say, uh, Jess, can you, can you put over in the Amplified? I can't remember exactly how it said in the, in the Amplified. It says, uh, herald and preach the word. That's it. Keep your sense of urgency. Stand by. Be at hand and ready. Keep your, you know what? It's so hard to do that, to keep your sense of urgency, especially when you're living in a time when you're out of season. Talk to Michael. Talk to Eric. You know, um, uh, the, the, uh, I've, I believed, and again, I'm not, I'm not saying this for any other reason, just for this example, because some people, this, this could sound self-serving. But this year, I felt like the Lord had uh, woke me up. Uh, I, I, was, I was asleep and I was awakened. And when I woke up, I felt like I heard the Spirit. Now, I, I, when I told Michael this, I was like, I wasn't even going to tell him. I, I told Annie, but I wasn't going to tell Michael or, or Eric or anybody else. But there was something in my spirit that said that the severe storm season in Oklahoma was going to produce more damage this year. And when, it, when I heard that, immediately the Lord put my mind on the Salazar company, the Salazar route. Immediately, it was almost like the Lord, and it, and it wasn't that there was, one, the Lord was saying, pray, you know, that, that people's lives are spared or whatnot. No, it was specifically a thing of, in my, in my heart, when the Lord spoke it to me, it was specifically about God bringing provision and bringing abundance that this would be a, a season of great uh, uh, fruitfulness for them specifically because of what would happen uh, this year in the storm. Now, you know what? There have been times, like I said, talk to Eric and Michael about this, but there are times that um, in, here in Oklahoma, there hasn't been enough work because they already did everybody's roofs. Everybody's already done. 
And so everybody got a nice, shiny new roof and no hail, no, you know, no storms, no nothing like that. And so when there's, when there's no damage to, to roofs in this area, they got to go looking for where there's damage, where they can work. So they, you know, there for a while, Michael was in Colorado and it was when he was worship leader. And there were weeks, there were weeks we wouldn't see him at all. In fact, there were weeks Twyla didn't see him. She was, she wasn't happy about that. And, but it was, it was, it was, it was difficult because they were gone. Uh, when they were in Florida, I, I don't know, y'all remember Eric being in Florida and he'd be away two or three, it's while he was worship leader. And so, I mean, just being away for weeks at a time, having to be somewhere else. You know what? <clears throat> when, when you have to be somewhere else, it's hard for you to maintain your sense of urgency about home. You, you, you don't want to get your hopes up. Just ask them how hard it is to, to keep their sense of urgency when, when they've got no jobs on the books. But they still got bills to pay. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Isn't it hard to maintain your sense of urgency? It's very difficult. But maintaining your sense of urgency, and I, I didn't mean to get off of that. It's, it's extremely important that we do that. You know why? Because that sense of urgency is anticipation. Remember I told you, remember I told you that anticipation is the key that unlocks the realm of the miraculous? Anticipating. An, not, because, not because anticipation is a, is a special formula or a, is a uh, magic potion. But what, what anticipation does is it, beca- it makes you, to, it, er, when you maintain your sense of urgency, it causes you to become hyper-focused, looking for where the Lord might do what the Lord is going to do. And when you're in that hyper-focused state, it's like the, it's like the man at the, at the pool of Bethesda. Um, he had been there for many, many years, but no one had been able to help him into the pool. Now Jesus comes and strikes up a conversation with this guy. I can only imagine that when Jesus strikes up a conversation with the guy at the pool of Bethesda, that this man wasn't totally engaged in that conversation with Jesus. Do you know why? Now I know some of you are like, well, but it was Jesus. Yeah, but this man had been waiting for someone to put him in the pool and all he had done for many, many years before that moment was, was look at that water, waiting for that water to be trouble. I reckon if Jesus got between him and the water, he was finding a way to look around Jesus and look. He wasn't totally engaged in the conversation. He was hyper-focused on what God might do in that pool. And he almost, almost might have could have missed out on his blessing. Because it wasn't through the troubling of that water that God intended to meet that fellow's needs. Amen. The living water had shown up. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Well, he did, he, he did have enough discernment in that moment to realize that Jesus was there and he ended up receiving from the Lord Jesus what he had need of. But, but that sense of urgency, that anticipation, what it does is it, it, what it ought to do is that instead of, us, instead of us becoming, and again, Seth, I'm not picking on you. I'm just trying to, uh, Seth is a good example 
because of his car situation. Listen, I've, I've been there. Dude, I have, I have been there. I've been there where I wanted to roll my car off a cliff and collect the insurance money. You understand what I'm saying? It was, wor- it was worth more burn up than it was running. And it's like, I just want to get rid of it. Um, <laughs> that's Chevette, boy. I'm going to tell you right now. <sighs> Anyhow, so, but, you know, with uh, Seth, as an example, when you, when you become urgent, not, not about the things of the flesh, but the things of the spirit. What happens is, is that you become, you start to anticipate. You know what you ought to be starting to anticipate? That God's going to do something to bring you out. Now, you don't want to settle on one thing. You don't want to, you don't want to wrangle God and think God's going to do it your way. That's, that's the, the key is, is that you've got to maintain your urgency and you've got to, you've got to broaden your focus and believe that there are any number of ways that God could do this. And you're going to, you're going to be on the lookout for any indication, for any sign that God is doing something, that God is moving. And it's not very hard to figure out where God's moving. Not when you're, not when you're in the spirit, not when you're pressing in. So it says, maintain your sense of urgency, whether the opportunity seems favorable or unfavorable. So when it's favorable and when it's unfavorable. Listen, it's a, it's a breeze when it's favorable. Heck, within a 10-mile radius, baseball-sized hail fell. You know, when baseball-sized hail hit Galardia for 25 minutes or something, and, or, or, you know... When there's this big swath of area, you know what? Then you're like, oh, man, I'm trusting the Lord. No, you ain't trusting the Lord. You ain't, you, that, that's not when you trust in the Lord. That's when you're on easy street. But when it's unfavorable, when someone calls you up and they want you to, they want you to put, put, put a roof on a, on their patio instead of their house. <laughs> it's hard to maintain your sense of... In fact, it's hard to be patient in those times. When, you, when, you, when your car is broke down, when the, doctors, when the doctors have done everything they can do, Amen. So Paul, he's telling Timothy this. Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort uh, with with all longsuffering and doctrine. Next verse. For the time will come. And this is the part I want us to emphasize, even though I got, got a little bit over there. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears. Ooh. Can you, you know what? Can you, uh, can you put that up in the Amplified, Jess? Let's read this in the Amplified, because I thought it, it said some good things in the Amplified as well. For the time is coming when people will not tolerate or endure sound and wholesome instruction, but having ears itching for something pleasing and gratifying. Look what it says. Look what, look what this says. Y'all, 
Look what, look what this next part says. They will gather to themselves one teacher after another to a considerable number. Does that, doesn't that sound familiar? Boy, if that doesn't describe our generation, nothing does. You know what? If you don't hear what you want to hear from Pastor Zig, you'll just get on YouTube and you'll listen to Pastor Yehu and Pastor Yin Yang and Pastor, Pastor Bucket Mouth, Pastor Runaround. And do you know, and you know what they'll do? They'll heap unto themselves one teacher after another to a considerable number. Some of you doing that right now. Some of you are doing that right now, and you don't understand why your life is in a mess. You know what was great about not having social media and YouTube back in the day? It's that you went to one church, and you had one pastor, and that one pastor brought in two or three people throughout the year, and you were only exposed to about four ministries for most of your life. And when you, was only, when you was only exposed to three or four different ministries or ministers, you know what? People lived a lot, a lot more sanctified and set apart lives. People didn't, you know what? People don't live as, people don't live as faithfully to God today as they did at one time. The people aren't as faithful to the house of God and, and, and as dedicated to the work of God and to the move of God as they were at one time. And you know what? A, par, a big part of that is because we keep he, heaping upon ourselves uh, one teacher after another to a considerable Listen, I'm saying this right now. And you know what y'all are going to do today? You're going to go and you're going to pull up your YouTube account and you're just going to go to clicking. That is not, listen, I've, I, don't know, I don't know any other way to tell. I'm not, I'm not intimidated by any other, believe me. I am not intimidated by any other preachers. I'm not intimidated by the teaching of other people, of other preachers. I'm not intimidated by any of it. But I do know this. I do know that according to this scripture, it is not a good thing. I don't care how you try to justify. I know some of you. Well, I'm trying to get as much knowledge as I can. You know what? Read the Bible. Be patient. Wait on the. You know what? You know what? I didn't heap upon myself a bunch of teachers. Some people like I. You know. You know who I listened to probably the most was uh, I read after Brother Hagen and I and I listened to Brother Hagen's tapes. But other than that, there weren't a whole lot of people that I listened to or heard. But you know what I did do? I would crack my Bible every day. I get down by my bed every day. I would kneel down and I'd pray in tongues and I'd pray over that word and I would pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. I would. Pray Pray for the eyes of my understanding to be enlightened, that I, might not, that I might know the hope of his call and the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly place. Amen. Amen. Listen, all this stuff that I'm, I preach to y'all and that I've preached for years, I didn't get it because I went to a conference, wrote it down, and regurgitated it. I've, I gleaned a lot. Sure, I certainly gleaned a lot from Brother Hagin. Don't get me wrong. There, there's some stuff that I thought God told me by revelation that later I reread a book that I had read by Brother Hagin and figured out it wasn't a revelation. I really did read it. It was somebody's. It was somebody's. <laughs> but but it, it became a part of my DNA. Do you know what some of us, some of us are impatient. That's right. 
We want, we want it, but we want it now. We want to understand and we want to understand now. We want learning and we want it, we want it like we want our burrito, you know, in, or our Big Mac or, so, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever your preference is. We want it quick. We want it now. You know what? You, you got you to gotta get out of that thing. You got to get out of that attitude. You got you to get out of that mindset. This scripture says there's a time coming. Well, you know what? It's not coming. It's here. It's here. I'm, I'm, hang on. I'm going to tell y'all because some of y'all are like, didn't you tell us this before? Kind of. But I'm going to add to it here. For the time will come when people will not tolerate endure sound wholesome instruction. Why? Because they have itching ears. They're looking for something that's pleasing and gratifying. They'll gather themselves to one teacher after another, to a considerable number, chosen to satisfy their own liking and to foster the errors they hold. Okay. I want you to think about something. I want you to think about why, why is it that people can be so blatantly ungodly and have church people follow them? I'll give you the greatest example, Donald Trump. Now, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not being ugly toward Donald Trump. Don't get me, because some of you are like, I voted for him. That's all right. You can vote for whoever you want to. If Bozo had been on the ballot, I might have gone to vote for him. Because he may have been better qualified than all these yahoos. In fact, if Bozo gets on the ballot this next time, I may register to vote. Because at least, at, least, at least he's forthcoming as being a clown. All these other ones, they act like they're not clowns. And they but anyhow, <laughs> Donald Trump, what, let me, let me, let me say this. Let me say this to you. Now, some of you, you hold this belief and I pray that I'm not, I pray that I'm not, um, I pray that y'all don't get angry with me when I say this. <laughs> so Donald Trump, um, Donald Trump never showed the fruits of righteousness. Never, never. Find me a video where he shows the fruits of righteousness. You, in fact, um, uh, you can start sending them to me right now. There, there, were, there, were, there, were, there were times, there were times, granted there were times he said, there's one ruler, there's one Lord, and that is Jesus. But you could tell it didn't even roll off his teeth good. Didn't even roll that way. You know, when, when, when someone's talking about Jesus out of a personal relationship, it sounds way different than what it sounds coming out of someone talking about the man upstairs. When you have had a life change and the name of Jesus rolls off of your tongue, it's not in, uncom in an uncomfortable way. It's not in an awkward way. It is not in a strange way. It's not in a, in a, uh, 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 it, it doesn't feel like it's being coerced. And as Christians, you all ought to have enough discernment to be able to tell the difference between someone who's been born again. Listen, I am shocked that there are people in church that actually validate Something that is so apparently ungodly. That's right. Come on. 
oh, he's got a lot of Christians around him. Paula White? Right. <laughs> Are you serious? Well, there was a bunch of other ones. Yeah, and those, they, they, should, they shouldn't have. They sh- anyway, so, Mike Lindell, the wonderful Christian businessman that supported Trump and, and, and exposed all of this voter fraud. Anybody catch the video of his deposition? One cuss word right after another in his deposition as he's cussing out the attorneys on the other side. I'm like, are you all serious? And these are the people who are like, oh, they're the, the Lord chose them. Are you serious? The man would get up and call himself the chosen one. I'm chosen one. Didn't you hear what they said, these preachers here? (sighs) Chosen one. God chose me. But the fruit of righteousness was nowhere to be seen. Do Do you know what causes Christians to do that? It scratches an itch that they have in their life. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not one of those people who's gonna start just naming people's names, but uh, but I, I will say this to y'all today. Greg Locke. You know why people like Greg Locke? Because Greg Locke says the stuff that they want to say, but they won't say because they're Christians. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead now. Greg Locke will get up and say all these things. And you know what? It's appealing to people. Do you know why it's appealing to people? Because they wanted to say it, but they never did. And it appeals, it doesn't appeal to the spirit of God on the inside of people. It appeals and satisfies their own liking and fosters the errors that they hold. You know, when you're a Christian and you want to cuss, even when you hear someone cuss, you don't, if you're really a believer and you walk after Jesus and you have a relationship with God, you don't see, you, you don't go, man. I really admire you for doing that. I've always wanted to say that, and I appreciate your boldness. No, that's not boldness. That's stupidity. We're believers in Christ Jesus. Don't make me break something. Are y'all hearing me today? But see, that, that's the... That's the uh, um, that's the ploy and the, 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 the weapon of the enemy in our generation right. is to get us to open our heads and open our minds and open our hearts and be bombarded with all kinds of stuff and be embracing of all these things that the Bible doesn't teach us that we ought to embrace. Right. Next, next, uh, next verse. And will turn aside from hearing the truth. Oh, see, some of y'all right now, you're like, I don't care what you say. <laughs> and, and you know what? Donald Trump never did a thing for you. 
And, and some of you, if it wasn't for me, you'd be going to hell on a grease pole. I mean, God, God really used me to help some of you through some rough stuff. When, when, when you will not listen to someone that you can sit across the table from, when you will not listen to someone that you can go into an office and sit down in a chair and have a conversation with them, when, when you won't listen to someone that is accessible and reachable, someone that you can look into their lives and see whether they live godly lives or not, and you'll, and you'll take the word of someone you've never met, you never will meet, they won't give you the time of day, something wrong. When you will defend I'm preaching. Now, see, it, this has nothing to do with politics. This has to do with what's going on in the last days and what's causing God's people to get stuck in the ditch. We turn aside from hearing the truth and wander off into myths and man-made fictions. <laughs> like Christmas City in heaven. Like pleading the blood of Jesus. I mean, that's one, we've, that's one of those myths and one of those man-made ideas that we've, that we've adhered to for a long Now listen, is, uh, is pleading the blood of Jesus going to send you to hell? Does God plug his ears when you plead the blood of Jesus? Is it repelling to the Lord? Absolutely not. But do you know what it does do? It takes you out of the game. It takes you away from being effective. It keeps, you from, it keeps you from something that is effective. As long as you have that in your mouth. Come on. Amen. Amen. You know what? You know why devils haven't gotten cast out of a lot of people in our generation? Why we don't? I mean, now it's starting. We're starting to see it more and more. But for a long time, devils wouldn't, you know, you didn't see demons coming out of people regularly, you know, in, in, uh, in the church. Now, was there less demons around? No, there weren't less demons around. It's just that people begin to give themselves over to fables when it came to... People begin to teach stuff that wasn't in the Bible. Well, if you, want to, if you want that devil to come out, you have to bind the strong man. And so if you don't know who the strong man is, then how are you going to bind the So you know what you have to do? You have to keep poking at that devil and tell it to name himself. You know, like Jesus, you know. Uh, Jesus made that one name himself and name himself and this and that. Now, see, we've all been taught these things. I've been taught. I've, I read Pigs in the Parlor. I read, I read some of these books that people have read on deliverance. I've, I've, I've read all of it, too. And some of it I practiced. But you know what? You know when I you know when I found out I was the most successful at casting out a devil is when God told me someone had a devil and then he told me how to deal with it. And you know what? Sometimes it was name thyself. Most of the time, in fact, most of the time, not one word ever came out of my mouth. Sometimes all I had to do was just stand there, and the longer I stood there, they just shook it. <laughs> He's going to be ready. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it is. Sometimes it's come out. Sometimes it's, uh, uh, some, sometimes it's go. Sometimes it's ha, 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 
Sometimes it's not English at all. Sometimes it's just amen. But see, we get up in these man-made ideas, these fictitious ways of... (laughs) Name your seed. Uh Uh-oh. Name your seed. Guess what? That's a fictitious way made up. You know you're not going to find in the Bible, name your seed. Not one place in the Word of God is going to teach you how to name, name your seed. Oh, every time you sow, now see, did you get a harvest? No, I didn't get a harvest. Did you name your seed? Oh, that's it. That's the ticket. I didn't name my seed. Well, now show me where the Bible says name you. You're not going to find it in the Word of God. Now, now hold on. So is naming your seed wrong? No, not less. And now, if, if God, if God tells you to sow a seed and says, now name that seed. If someone who's trustworthy to hear from the Spirit gets up and says, now I feel like the Holy Ghost told me, like A.A. Allen, that night that that boy with 26 major diseases was healed. Allen got up in the offering and he said, God just spoke to me in the back, said tonight we're going to have a miracle offering. On your offering, whatever it is that you're giving on your offering, write down what miracle you need from God. Write it down on your offering, sow it in the offering, and believe God for your miracle. First one up was that woman with the kid with 26 major diseases. Sowed her offering, and we know what miracle she was looking for. Right after she put that $20 bill in the offering, A.A. Allen got off into a vision, saw her son, laid laid his hands on her son, and the kid was healed of 26 major diseases. And every other sick person that was under that tent reaped the harvest of the benefit of the faith of that woman that sowed that seed in faith, and God healed every sick one. Brother Shambach testified, they don't know if there was anyone that left there sick, they don't know about it. Everyone they knew was sick in that meeting was healed. See, there are moments that God says to do something. But when, when we make it a doctrine, all of a sudden we're turning it into this myth, into this fable. Listen, that's all you, that's all you hear on some of these podcasts. And you know what's attractive to us about it? What's attractive to us about it? Yeah, Cherie uh, came telling me one time, she, there was some fellows that came, an evangelist. A seemingly very effective evangelist. I mean, he was going into communities and baptizing people, and people were getting delivered. And she goes to, to this meeting. It's in Norman. And there are people that she is seeing from all kinds of different churches, from everywhere. You know, it's funny. You can't get people to come to church, but you can get them to an event. Listen, shut your, listen shut, your, shut your mind out. Go ahead, man. I got more scriptures than that. I, I know it's getting... Am I, is this helping anybody at all? See, but pastor, what are we supposed to do? Are we supposed to just listen to you? Well, you know what? Maybe you ought to try that for a while. Maybe for a year. Maybe you don't listen to anybody else for a year. Well, well. See, some of you will do that to lose weight. You'll discipline yourself to lose weight, but you won't discipline yourself to learn something about your the Word of God and to bring you. Well, glory to God. Heck, some of you will try anything. I've watched y'all. Man, Twyla bring out all them oils. Y'all will try anything. 
They're like, that one didn't work. Put another one on me. <laughs> Isn't it funny? Some of them Pentecostal ladies back in the day used to, used to not want us to watch Harry Potter and whatnot, and they're carrying around essential oils. <laughs> what is it? It's up under your arms. <laughs> <laughs> they call their cauldron a diffuser. <laughs> no, I'm just playing toilet. <laughs> Used to be bubble, bubble, toils and trouble. <laughs> now it's peppermint and, and what's that one that we, you always use? Huh? See, yeah, thieves, yeah, thieves, yeah. <laughs> Peppermint and thieves. <laughs> we, we open ourselves to all kind of freakish nonsense because of our unwillingness to... Uh, Discipline ourselves. Charlie, you know what I'm talking about. Remember back, I mean, when I, when I, was, in, when I was growing up, and that, now I'm not trying to say, I'm not trying to take the church, knock the church back. Certainly not trying to do that. But I know, that, I know the church that, that was when we had a pastor and there was a few people would come in and preach and minister to it. You know what? He didn't bring anyone in that was going to cut cross grain with the direction that God was sending that church. He certainly wasn't going to bring in anyone that was going to stand up and throw a hissy fit like a two-year-old kid kicking people out of their church. Go ahead now. And some of them kicking people not even out of their church, trying to kick people out of other people's churches. And, and some people attracted to meanness, calling it boldness. Oh, these people are bold. They're not bold. They're mean. Jesus was bold, but Jesus was not mean. Even when Jesus was rough on people, he wasn't that rough. I mean, the Pharisees, you're a bunch of whitewashed tombs filled with dead men's bones. I mean, unless that was a real bad burn back in the day. But there was certainly no malice intended when he said that but I'm going to tell you right now when these guys get up there start swinging their arms around and pounding their fists and telling people get out you can't tell me there's no malice in that and you know they're starting to implode because some of them have joined themselves with people they shouldn't have joined themselves with church I'm going to tell you all something right now get ready because it's happening right now I, I preached a message on strategic alignment before COVID hit. And the whole message was about God is trying to get us to align with people yes. that are of like precious faith. Yes. People that we can run with, that we don't have to worry about. That we can run with them and we know that we're running in the same direction because they're running in the same direction God sent us. Oh, yeah. you know, I, I encourage you, if, that, if, if, if you're still here at Winter's Church and, and you're not running in the same direction we're running in, go find a place where you run in the same direction. If you can't get with all that we're saying, find some place where you can get with them. Yeah. 
But don't hang out here. Dear God, if, if you can't get to where God's sending you with us, get down the road and find some place where you can get with somebody that can get you where God's trying to get you to. If, 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 if in this upcoming election season, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna fly a Trump flag and you're going to have your car, you know, sticker your car up with political uh, jargon and rigmarole and nonsense, you know what? You, this probably won't be a good place for you to hang out. Right. I love you. But I'm going to tell you right now, that's not the direction that we're going. And not, not that we won't have you. We, we, we love to have you. Yeah. But you're going to get really uncomfortable. Yeah. That's right. Because I don't believe that man's a Christian. Because even a baby Christian knows better than to do some of the crap he's pulled. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. These fables are starting, to, are starting to ruin people's lives. It's taking, them out of the, it's taking them out of the equation, keeping them from being effective for the Lord. You know, there's other scriptures that talk about it. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 16 says this, For we have not followed uh, cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. You know, when you have been an an eyewitness to his majesty, there's authority and there's power that comes with that. Uh, 1 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, you can write these down. As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus, when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine, neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is in faith, so do. You know, I, you know what I bet they didn't teach? If you wave this color flag, it'll produce this. Green flag is for prosperity here. You need, Seth, you need a car engine? We're going to get you a green flag to wave. That's the wave of prosperity. <laughs> if you wave this flag, it means this. If you wave this other flag, it means that. If you'll do this, you'll be, show me in the Bible where it talks about green flags being prosperity. Show me where they did anything like that in Scripture. You do it's myths. It's fables. Now, is it wrong to wave a flag? No, if you want to worship God with a flag, go for it. But don't start making stuff up. Yeah. Come on. That's right. I'm prophesying with my art. You're not prophesying nothing. You're painting a picture. You're painting a picture. <laughs> Even Isaac was like, what? <laughs> now don't don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at me. But when we start when we start adding things, you know, prophecy is very clear in scripture. It's not you don't you don't do it on a canvas. 
Now, if you, if you get inspired in worship, that, that's something different. It's like, Ted, you know what Ted will say? You know what? Lord had you on my heart. Really? Lord, Lord had me on your heart? Yeah. I was thinking about that time. Well, wait a minute. If you were thinking, that's not your heart. Well, you was on my heart. I heard this song. No, you were reminded of something. That has nothing to do with your heart. That has to do with your head. You're not prophesying painting. Maybe you're inspired by the music. Maybe you're inspired by by an individual. Maybe Maybe you're inspired by the Wizard of Oz to paint a cowardly lion. I know, don't, I mean, I'm not making, y'all, y'all, I don't want us to get in that mode where we're, I'm not trying, listen, I'm, not, I'm just saying, I've seen some people that were painting in the spirit that it didn't look like King Jesus, I, I, I was expected to be like, if I were king of the forest, <laughs> you know, <laughs> look, that's the way it looked for him. <laughs> But that just has to do with ability, you know. I'm not, I'm not picking on any particular individual. Not you, Ted. I'm the... You paint a picture, paint a picture because you're an art, you know. <sighs> prophesy with your camera, Tabitha. Prophesy with that camera. But see, that's a, it'll be that pretty soon. Oh, prophesy with that camera. Prophesy with that camera. Tap to taking prophetic pictures. Glory to God. Yeah, catching the orbs and things, like, things of that nature. Now, you know what? Could, could orbs be caught and it really be the spirit? Yeah, look at them pictures of William Branham. You know, the iPhone's already been, they've already tried to fix that problem with the iPhone, the orb problem, and they can't fix it. (sighs) Is what I'm saying making sense? It's, it's, It's simple. You know what? Hey, I got a new way to evangelize. Here's how we're going to do it. Here, I got an idea. Why don't we do it the way it's always been done? Go and pr- preach the gospel to every creature. Okay. Amen. You ain't got to pull a rabbit out of a hat. There's an angel by you. He's going to tap you on the shoulder. Tell me when you feel it. See, Lord uses these as tools of evangelism. I watch people. I watch people online. Stand in front of your bed. I'm gonna pray for you. You gonna fall out under the bed. Here it comes. Here goes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fire, 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 fire. And people falling out on their bed. Now, here's the deal. Can that happen? Absolutely, it can happen. I prayed for people over the phone. Heard them fall on the ground, and the phone hit the floor. Those things can happen, but when we make it a A doctrine, I'm better than everybody else because I get on line and 
All these other people, are they're not evangelists. They're not even doing the work of God. There's a guy right now on my Facebook page. I wish he wasn't on my Facebook. <clears throat> I, I, I posted a post that the evangelists are coming. He got mad. He's like, we're here. Where you been, fat boy? Well, I happen to know that he went to jail. So I said, I'll tell you where I haven't been, in jail, a deadbeat dad, leaving my kids high and dry, divorcing my wife, sleeping around, telling women that we're supposed to be married just so I can get some. Listen, I, I laid it down. I was like, that's what I haven't been doing. What have you been doing? Well, then my next post, I posted, and he, he responds, this man speaks the truth. Mm-hmm. I'm going to speak it on you. Amen. So don't try that foolishness with me. I am not the one. And I'm not, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to be all flexible. I'm, my influence is limited by those that the Lord allows me to influence. But anyone that I can't influence, I'm going to tell you this, y'all. Get away from the fables. It's, it's time for us to get a hold of the word of God. You know what? It's not time for us to, to allow ourselves. Stand up all over the place, will you? Uh, it's not time for us to, it's not time for us to be moved by our emotions, by our opinions, by our um, uh, political affiliation, by our denominational affiliation. Right. Amen. Amen. You know, there's a lot of politics in the church. You, you get, uh, you know, Dave Roberson. I, th- I think that's the reason. You know, Dave Roberson, for a while, he began to make his way through the ranks of the charismatic uh, uh, movement, charismatic circles. But when he started calling people out for their nonsense, he, he, got, he, got, he got kicked out of the club. Oh, yeah, he got yep. He wasn't invited to no more conferences. He wasn't, he wasn't hanging out no more with the who's who in the charismatic zoo. Of course, if they needed to hear from God, they'd slip in the back door, sit in, sit in his office. Dude, that's what they do to me, dirty rats. When, when COVID hit, everybody and their grandmother that's got these big old churches that they won't let me come into because they know if I go in there, I'm going to knock something over. But I'm getting messages from them. Hey, what's God saying? You know, I, I don't, I, again, I hope y'all don't think I have any, I'm not, well, it sounds like Pastor Ziggy's been hurt. No, listen, no. The, what, what breaks my heart is that I see some of you all struggling because you just keep opening your ears to all these things. And not just y'all, but the, the church at large. Yeah. This church we were just at over in uh, Springfield, uh, Ohio. It breaks my heart that there are people there that they've, they've opened themselves to so much they have no idea what to do. I get in there and I start preaching and it's like, well, yeah, but the, I heard someone else say this. And what some of y'all do is, say, well, you know, pastor has a different opinion. Well, you know, here, here's the thing. What's the word of God say? Yeah. Right. What does the word of God say? Right. 
You know, we, we, I do my best, and I'm not saying I always, I always do it right. Y'all know that. Yeah. I don't always do it right. Lewis, I don't always do it right. Sometimes I've gotten off, off base and off course. And thank God there have been times he corrected me, and he will, he'll continue to correct me. There's some things I've had to step away from, things that I believed at one time. I no longer believe it. I had a whole tape series, knowing him and hearing his still small voice. I had to yank the whole thing off my table. I destroyed the recordings. It was wrong. What I, what I, taught, in that, and what I taught in that whole series was wrong. When I went back and listened to it and looked at it, the Lord's like, that ain't right. I was just listening. A friend of mine posted a, a video of Francis Hunter. Anybody know the Happy Hunters? Charles and Francis Hunter? Wonderful ministry. I love Charles and Francis Hunter. But Francis Hunter was on this video and she said, you can't be used of God if you sin. You know, that's a part of what gets us off course. You know, that's not really scriptural. God will use you sin and all. You won't be healthy. That's not what he wants. If he had his, if he had his rathers, he'd rather you live holy. But if you won't live holy and you yield to the, the anointing, uh, the, that, that, uh, uh, that empowering anointing, yes. God will use you, sin and all. Heck, if, 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 if you couldn't sin to be used of God, none of us would be used. Wouldn't be anybody. But you know what that sets up? It sets up wrong mindsets, wrong concepts, wrong, wrong ideas, wrong thinking. And so some of you don't believe that any of this, any of all the, the uh, I'm talking about, all this information you're trying to avail yourself to is doing anything. But here's what it's doing. It's doing what the Bible says. It's causing you to get away from truth. Now there is no solid truth. It's just opinions. Well, that's your truth and this is his truth. No, there is the truth and that's the word of God. And when a truth lines up with scripture, we can't deny it. And most of it is very simple truth. You'll cast out devils in the name of Jesus. That's a simple truth. So how do we cast out devils? Well, in the name of Jesus. And if in the moment we get a word from God to pour some oil down someone's throat, if that's what he said, then we'll do it. But we're not going to try it. Because we saw somebody else do it or we heard, we went through a program. We're not going to make you take off this cowboy shirt because it's oppressive. <laughs> Even though we know it is. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm, I don't, I'm not a follower of football. But if I was a fan, I'd be a Steelers fan. You all, well, you know, you, hey, give me a break. Uh, last time I watched football, real, really for real, uh, Rocky Blyer, Jack Lambert, Mean Joe Green. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That was my team right there. there you Franco Harris. Oh, man. That was my team back in the day so that was when I was like 12 uh, we're going to do, we, we want to do things God's way so your discernment has to 
Our discernment has to be adjusted. You know, I'm praying for y'all today. That's what I'm praying for y'all today. That God will help you to discern. Not, not you will go by your feelings or by what you think you see. Or, but the, the Spirit of God will come upon you and give you the ability to discern. Even if it goes against your feelings. That you'll recognize what the Holy Ghost is saying. And that the Spirit of God will lead you and guide you in all the ways that you go. You know, there's, there's, there's some people that I've listened to, and they were way off in left field. But the Lord didn't tell me, you know, to, to keep them at arm's length. In fact, the Lord said, they'll be all right. They'll, they'll be okay. I, I've got them. I'll fix them. Then there have been others that were way off in left field. I was up preaching, or I was up, I was up at a church, and this guy was preaching. And I went there to receive something. The Lord said to me, that man is dishonest. I mean, while he's preaching, the Lord said, that man is dishonest. I was like, well, Lord, I don't want to hear none of that. I'm not preaching. I'm not prophesying over nobody. I don't want to hear that. The Lord says, no, what he's saying isn't true. I was like, okay, but what does that have to do with me? What does that have to do with me, Lord? And the Lord was like, you need to be aware. You know what? I knew that I need to be careful then. So I was. I was careful. Now, did I just dismiss everything? This, no. I, I tempered what, you know, what, what the Lord said with what this guy was saying. But you know what? There'll be some people God will tell you, stay away from that. Sometimes the Lord will tell you, stay away from all of it. I was following Ron Carpenter for a while. I mean, I was watching Ron Carpenter regular. I thought, man, I really like this guy. And then there came a point in time where the Lord was like, I don't need for you in there. Is there something wrong with Ron Carpenter? No, not necessarily. Not for me. I, I just can't do it. Jimmy Swagger was the same way. I used to love watching Jimmy Swagger. Jimmy Swagger was one of my favorites. And then the Lord said, I don't need for you to be doing that. I'm like, well, why? The Lord didn't tell me why. He just said, I don't need for you to be doing that. So I quit watching Jimmy Swagger. Shortly after that, he was exposed, you know, and all that nonsense he was caught up in. I was going to go to Rama Bible Training Center. I wanted to go sit under Brother Hagin. I wanted to go to Rama. I was taking the application to the mailbox. I wanted to go to Rama. I wanted to sit under Brother Hagin. I wanted instruction. I was hungry for knowledge. Man, I had, to, I had the uh, stamp on that thing. My grandpa, he said, I'll pay for you to go. He's wanted me out of the house. <clears throat> I went to put it in the mailbox. The Lord said, don't do it. I was like, Lord, I want to go to Rama. Brother Hagin is your man. He goes, yeah, but he ain't your man. He said, if you go to that school, he said, you'll learn things that'll keep you from developing in areas of your life where I need you developed. You cannot go there. I can't do everything I need to do with you if you're exposed to some, some of the stuff that you'll be exposed to there. Does it mean that they were wrong? No, God had something else for me. You know what? There's some churches we're not going to go to. Go 
There's some people we're not going to connect with. It's not that we don't love them. It's not that they're not family. We'll spend an eternity with them in heaven. But there's some people we just can't, we can't jive with. It's just not going to happen. Why? Because that's, that's the way it ought to be. They will do what they do. We will do what we do. We're not, we're not divided. Every now and again, we may, hang, we may go and have a Thanksgiving day with one. You know what I mean? Like a family gathering. But we're not going to go out of our way to develop deep relationships with some people. Not every opportunity is an open door. And there's some things that God does not want us doing. We have to, but we have to discern that by the Spirit. What's unfortunate is most people have never developed that ability to discern. They're moved so much by their emotions and by their feelings. But I'm going to pray that God will break that off of us in Jesus' name. And that we will be able to walk after the Spirit and do as the Spirit wills. Come here, uh, come here, brother. I'm gonna pray for you. I want y'all to agree with me. Come on, Charlie, Shelly, come on, Ayla, Tyler, Mama. Will you take the baby? Unless you want to come and pray, she'll take the baby. I, I figure. Raphael, what do the doctors tell you? They 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 telling you they can't do nothing else for you? So there's, there's many different ways the Lord could do what he's going to do. Oh, I could imagine, bro. Mm-hmm. And that's a nightmare by itself going to that VA. Man, that is a nightmare. I mean, I go there to visit people and it's just a nightmare. You know what? Charlie has laid his hands on many people. Shelly, Tyler, Ayla. All of us, we've seen God. Come on, Shree. We've seen God do some miracles. We've seen God do some miracles. We're going to agree with you right now for a miracle in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for Raphael. I thank you, Lord, that today he has come. He's endured the discomfort of being in a long meeting today. But he came believing. And Lord, we're believing with him. God, this cancer does not have authority over him. Lord, your name is greater. Your name is stronger. Lord, your name is higher than any other. Lord, you are healer. You are the healer in the name of Jesus. So right now, we come against that cancer in the name of Jesus. I curse this cancer at the root, and I command it to die in the name of Jesus. I command it to pass from his body in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you. I thank you that today you are not just uh, taking away the cancer, but Lord, every symptom that has come with it, every pain, every ache, every every sickness every every kind of thing that it has brought with it we command it to go and lord we thank you we thank you that today he receives 100% healing health and wholeness for your glory in the name of jesus thank you father we thank you for it lord in jesus name 
In Jesus' name. And everybody that believed it shouted amen. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. There's no greater name than the name of Jesus. There's no greater name than the name of Jesus. Say that with me. Say there's no greater name than the name of Jesus. Oh, Charlie, I speak to your back in the name of Jesus. I'm speaking to your back in Jesus' name. I declare in the name of Jesus. Lord, I speak healing, health, and wholeness into Charlie today. God, this thing that's trying to come on him, we rebuke it. And Lord, I thank you, God, that you're alleviating and taking away all of his trouble. God, that you're raising him up. To finish, God, what you started with him and in him, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord, for health, healing, and wholeness. For your glory in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank God. Now I pray over y'all for discernment. Lord, may, they, may your spirit come upon everyone that is here. May they begin to follow the leading of your spirit. May they be able to discern, God, the difference between that, Lord, which you desire them to do and, Lord, those things that you want them to stay away from. God, they don't even need to know the difference between wrong and right, good and bad. Just what be your will and what not be your will. What you want them to connect with, what you don't want them to connect with. And so, Father, I pray that we will not be like those that heap upon themselves teacher after teacher to a, a significant number but, Lord, we want to be those that adhere to the truth, that give ourselves over to sound doctrine and to uh, the things, Lord, that you are decreeing and declaring to us in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit. Thank you, Lord, for supernatural provision. Thank you, Lord, for supernatural health and wholeness. Thank you, Father, that the spirit of revival is breaking out here in Oklahoma City, here at Winter's Church that we are carrying the flames of revival to all those, Lord, who need in Jesus' name. I thank you for it, Father. I thank you for it, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank God. All right. Praise the Lord. You know what? We only got one last thing to do, and it's super spiritual. But we've got some gift cards we're going to give away for Friends and Family Day. And 